This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, probably won't come as much surprise to people in Alberta. The B.C. government is considering something rather ill-advised, maybe even possibly unconstitutional. And now this doesn't have anything to do with pipelines. But you got some politicians, for example, in West Kelowna, uh, that are pretty upset about this planned speculation tax. Uh, and they're suggesting that what the B.C. government is trying to do may be unconstitutional. Now, Kelowna is a, a nice place. And there are a lot of folks from here in Alberta who love uh, to vacation in Kelowna and may even own vacation property in Kelowna. So if you are an Albertan that owns vacation property in B.C., or perhaps you're even maybe considering it, then you need to be aware of this. It's called a speculation tax, and it's aimed at uh, people who don't live in B.C., but who do own a second home or property in certain B.C. cities. Now, that would include, for example, in this context here, West Kelowna. So what are they trying to accomplish here, and what's going to be the, the collateral, the fallout, the people who are going to be hit by this? I think people who own property in B.C. are pretty worried about what this might mean. Well, joining us uh, for a bit of an overview on what this means and what it's likely to mean uh, to people who own this property or would like to be in that, that market to own such property, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, author and columnist Mark Milkey. You can read more at markmilkey.com. That's M-I-L-K-E. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome you to the bet. program. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Okay, well, let's get an overview here of what the speculation tax, as it's known, is, is all about. Sure. So the speculation tax will, uh, as of 2019 in, in British Columbia, it will apply to property, uh, to homes, to condominiums, to anything residential um, that isn't occupied for as long as the NDP government thinks it should be occupied. So maybe you have a cabin in the woods. Uh, you occupy it for two months in the summertime. If you get caught in the bureaucratic tangle that's about to come, uh, they may tax you because they'll say, listen, that thing sits empty for 10 months. We need rental supply in this province. And that is why they're imposing the tax, at least ostensibly. Uh, as most people know, there's a shortage, or the rental market is pretty tight in British Columbia. Lots of people move there. Um, and there's not a lot of places to rent. And it's becoming more expensive to rent in British Columbia because, of course, also property prices have been going up quite dramatically in some places like Vancouver, but also other parts of the province. So the NDP government introduced what they call a speculation tax. Um, you know, in part uh, driven by the city of Vancouver uh, and what they're hearing there, where some offshore investors, often from China, uh, might buy a home, put it in their kid's name, and it sits empty for you know a year or something. So they're trying to increase the supply of accommodation on the market, the supply of apartments on the market. Uh, but if you're going to try and uh, increase the supply of rental units on the market, you have to actually increase the supply 
and this is really a pretty blunt object uh, when and 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 hits the wrong, I would say, target. Um, mix my metaphors there, but but they're they're using the wrong method to get to where they want to go. They need they need to increase supply. Or they should increase supply, which would happen naturally. But everything in in BC in the past decade or two, uh, the governments have done, and even longer has often um, the policies have led to a decrease in supply uh, incentives not to build uh, apartment buildings and the rest of their built houses so there's a lot of factories going on here in british columbia this is the latest and a speculation tax they argue in my article is uh, actually going to make bc only uh, for the rich in terms of buying apartments well, this almost seems like a disincentive, by the way, doesn't it? If, if people are, are considering whether to build property uh, and might potentially fall under this tax, well, that, that really doesn't add to any kind of incentive to add to supply, does it? No, it doesn't. And maybe I should give the broad overview of what's been happening in British Columbia. I mean, starting 50 years ago, the BC NDP in their first term in British Columbia, their first time in government, uh, introduced the Agricultural Land Reserve. It's been around ever since. Both parties uh, in the legislature, uh, well, all three parties now, support the Agricultural Land Reserve. It takes a lot of property off the market. So that's factor number, number one in restricting supply. If you have agricultural land in British Columbia, you're a farmer, you can't actually develop the land. Well, that, of course, means fewer houses, fewer condominiums, so on and so forth. I mean, you've got other things that happen uh, in the city of Vancouver, for example, or West Vancouver, where it's it's um, it's zoned for mainly residential, a single-family residential. So it's really hard to build a skyscraper in West Vancouver. That doesn't add to supply. You've got rent control. What we know about rent control from right-wing to left-wing economists, from market-friendly economists to those who prefer more intervention, what we know about rent control is that rent control, wherever it is applied, is also a disincentive to build uh, rental units or potential rental units like condominiums, which someone may buy later and rent it out individually as a sole landlord. Um, rent control is a disincentive because you look at the numbers and go, well, uh, if I can only increase my rent 3% a year and I have some cash call in my condominium, why would I take that risk? Or why would a major company build a major apartment building um, given, given the arithmetic, the expense of land and so on and so forth? if they can't respond to the market as the market changes. So there's a lot of disincentive already in British Columbia to build things, if I can put it that way. And this latest speculation tax only makes it worse. Let me give you an example. Suppose some grandfather type built a cottage, or as we would call it, a cabin, cottage being Ontario language, (laughs) but, uh, you know, built a cabin or something, or built, you know, built some summer home somewhere that may or may not be able to be habitable in the rest of the year, but certainly, you know, for three or four months a year, uh, some retired couple could could live there. Maybe they did this decades ago, and so they and their family and their grandkids visit this this structure, uh, you know, again, this, this, uh, yeah, let's just call it a cottage, or call it a cabin, rather, um, you know, by a lake every summer. And maybe it's in a popular place like West Kelowna. Um, well, what's the problem with that? Well, maybe the B.C. government comes along in a speculation tax because they're not actually clear on who they're going to hit. The speculation tax says, well, you don't rent it out 12 months of the year. And in fact, you only use it for your own selfish purposes for two or three months. You horrific speculator, you. Um, and then you get nailed with a speculation tax. And a speculation tax at 2% of the value of the property, think about what that means. On a $300,000 property, that's 6000 bucks. 
yeah. and your property taxes may already be 2000 bucks. So in effect, what the NDP government of British Columbia has done is quadrupled the property tax. Now, you get beyond that example. I mean, there are examples of condominiums that may be rented out only eight months of the year in places like Kelowna or West Kelowna or Vancouver where this tax will apply. And the same problem occurs whether you're a B.C. resident or a non-B.C. resident, and that is we don't know what the regulations will be around what's called long-term rentals, which are supposed to be exempt from this new tax, which means you may get caught in the thicket of rent control and now the speculation tax as a property owner because you only rent your place out for eight months, say, to a student in Kelowna near uh, UBC Okanagan or maybe near the main campus in Vancouver. Um, and maybe that doesn't qualify. And so you get nailed with a $6,000 tax on a $300,000 property, or double that if, you know, we're talking Vancouver now, or triple that, you're talking a $600,000 or $900,000 condominium. So you could pay $12,000 or $18,000. Again, a quadrupling, probably, of the existing property tax. So to say this is a disincentive uh, is putting it mildly. Well, no kidding. And it's interesting because, you know, for a lot of people, what might be good as a vacation home is not necessarily good as a day-to-day living home, that it may be uh, out of the way. It may not be accessible for someone who's got to go to work or school every day. And I mean, the other thing is, if I got a cabin and I spend, say, three or four months out of the year, how realistic is it for someone else to say, you know, I'm going to rent that place and that's where I'm going to live, but a good chunk of the year I can't live there. That's not really realistic for renters who are looking for somewhere to live. Yeah, and the B.C. government has been double-tongued double, double tongued on this, if I can put it that way. Um, you got a fork tongue in this. Uh, they, uh, they said, well, we're not going to have B.C. residents who, who own a, you know, a summer home like that, but that's not actually what their initial memo from the Ministry of Finance says. Um, in their memo, um, they, use, they describe how you, say, as a British Columbia homeowner, never mind an out-of-province homeowner, uh, would be able to not be hit by the full impact of this new speculation tax, as they call it. Um, and in the memo, it uses language like offset. Uh, and they, let, me, let me read you the exact sentence. A non-refundable income tax credit will help offset the tax for BC residents. Well, offset doesn't, isn't a full refund. And so in other words, what they're saying, suppose you're getting this elderly couple that owns a condominium that only rents it out for part of the year or none of the year. Uh, because maybe the property isn't isn't amenable to that use for much of the year. Well, you, as an elderly couple, may not pay any B.C. income tax. Therefore, if you don't pay any B.C. income tax, you can't get a refund on the on this new speculation tax the B.C. government has imposed. If you're paying $6,000 in a, in a speculation tax to the B.C. government, but you don't actually pay any provincial income tax because your income's too low, there is no refund. And, of course, if you're out of province or a foreign investor in British Columbia, you, of course, are not going to pay any B.C. income tax either. So it's not clear to me at all, at least the way this is now, uh, this has been trotted out by the B.C. government and from their finance memorandum, it's not at all clear to me that even if you're out of province and you rent your property out for 10 months or 12 months, that you necessarily will get the full speculation tax back or even part of it because the way the memo is written right now is um, you, you only get a refund if you pay BC income tax uh, or a partial refund on what you're paying on the speculation tax. So I, I don't think they've thought it through. And in fact, I found the BC Ministry of Finance yesterday and talked to the media people. And off the record, they basically wouldn't, wouldn't give me, they, they just gave me the talking points and promised to get back to me with a, a note from Carol James, the finance minister. I haven't got that. 
and I'm not surprised because one of my questions to them was, did you guys actually think, did you guys, did the, did the, did the provincial government actually think about the speculation tax before they trotted it out in the budget? And I think it's fairly clear they didn't because now they're scrambling to figure out how they're going to do this, that, and the other thing, and the memo is contradictory. So uh, that's the problem with um, what I call a class warfare approach to taxation. And again, when you combine it with existing rent control in British Columbia, the irony of all this is who can afford something in British Columbia in the future if the speculation tax go through, goes through? I mean, if you've got massive retirement income or you get a couple of million bucks, then maybe you don't care if you've got to pay a speculation tax that's worth an extra $6,000 or $12,000 or whatever it turns out to be based on the value of your property. Maybe you're sitting in Singapore or Hong Kong or mainland China. Maybe you're sitting in Toronto or New York, and you can afford to buy a condominium in B.C., uh, rent it out half the year, not at all, and pay the speculation tax. But the average sort of... I would call middle-income Canadian that might want to buy a property in British Columbia, might want to rent it out part-time, or might just want to have a summer home. They can't afford this. So the implication is that luxury sales will do just fine in British Columbia in the future, and the rich will be able to buy in British Columbia, but not anybody with a middle income that might want an investment property, given they might get nailed by this tax. And that's part of the unknown about, again, what this idea proposed in the B.C. budget recently. Uh, that, that's the problem with, with this idea. They haven't thought it through. I guess there's the other side, too, for people who do own property and are worried about how this is going to impact them. If they're in a rush now to sell their property, it's likely they're going to take a financial hit there. Yeah, and the B.C. NDP, being the B.C. NDP, and I once wrote a book on them. My first book was on the B.C. NDP government in the 1990s. Given their ideological proclivities, if I can put it that way, I don't think they care. Uh, I mean, if property values drop, they'll say, you know, in their heart of hearts, great. More British Columbians can afford a place. I mean, I'm from B.C. originally, and so I get, you know, why everyone wants to live there. And I get how difficult it is if you live in the city of Vancouver or some other cities to actually buy anything or rent anything these days. But again, the problem to that is, well, increase the supply and decrease the costs of, of things like, you know, land or taxes, for example, but certainly increase the supply. But nothing that successive B.C. governments have done has been uh, geared towards increasing supply. It's all been about restrictions, restrictions on land development, restrictions on condominium development, and now uh, a tax that will punish investors in British Columbia just because they happen to have a summer home or, um, you know, they live outside of the province. Now, you know, I, I do think there is a problem in British Columbia with out-of-control money flowing into the province. That's quite well-known, mob money uh, from China or Russia. I mean, they know that there's lots of illicit money flowing in and through casinos in Vancouver, for example, into the economy. The casinos are being used to, um, to, to filter that money. So we know there's a problem, but then fix that uh, at that level, fix the immigration system, um, fix that sort of, you know, uh, that, that completely different problem, as opposed to punishing everybody who has an investment in British Columbia, uh, whether they live in British Columbia, or whether they happen to be, wait for this, other Canadians. And I thought this was, you know, a country where, again, we're supposed to treat everybody equally because you're a Canadian. I thought so, too. Now, and by the way, Mark, and this is separate. There's already what's known as the vacancy tax. It's meant to target what's happening in Vancouver. So this is above and beyond. I mean, this is separate from that. Right. I mean, it's a government-created uh, remedy to a government-created problem, except the, the latest government remedy is exacerbating the problem. So, again, I mean, if there's a problem with the flow of capital, and there is, into the city of Vancouver and the other parts of British Columbia from illicit sources, deal with that at the source. 
I mean, take care, more careful look about who you're letting in the country. And I say this to someone, by the way, who is pro-immigration. So I'm not targeting a specific ethnicity. Um, I'm pro-immigration, regardless of where you come from. But we know there's a problem with dirty Chinese money and dirty mob money from Russia and other countries mm-hmm. uh, heading into Vancouver and perhaps Toronto. So deal with that. Uh, don't smack everybody else down uh, with a speculation tax when people aren't speculating. Um, and what you're doing, again, is actually decreasing supply, not increasing it. But uh, I, I hate to say I'm not surprised, but I'm not surprised that this is coming from B.C. government that has some ideological uh, bearings that I think um, they're enjoying the stick-it-to uh, investors type of attitude. Well, people can find your piece. Uh, it's up at mclean's.ca today and uh, much more at markmilkey.com. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Take care. Uh, that's uh, author and uh, columnist Mark Milkey, not M-I-K-L-K-Y-M-I-L-K-E, markmilkey.com. So I'm curious, do you own property in B.C.? And are you worried about the impact this is going to have on you? We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.